We here at Talk North, we're, we're going to hand out some some 99, some Madden rating 99s. I think Brandon is a 99 as a producer. Mm. John's a 99 as a, as, a, as a reporter. The network, let's face it, the network, uh, you know, it's a Cinderella story. It came out of nowhere. <laughs> and now I think we're, we'll give ourselves, I don't like to brag. Let, let's give ourselves like an 88. We're still on the way up. We're working our way up to the 99 that you guys share. Uh, I did find, I do find it entertaining as someone who really, you know, I, I used to love arcades. I used to love rudimentary video games back in the day when they were pretty simple for a simple minded folk like myself. Uh, I do find it amazing that we've gotten to a point and old people like me could never have envisioned this where the rating a video game producer puts on an NFL player matters not only to fans, but to NFL players. It is amazing, Jim, um, because now we are obviously, and we have been at this point for a while, but um, we are at a point where these kids grew up playing this game and with all of their favorite players on it. And maybe they got to a point and they, and they got the technology in the games where they could make themselves and put them it themselves in the game and, and push their ratings everywhere they wanted it to. But now uh, they have risen up and Justin Jefferson is the latest and many more to be at a point where the designers are putting themselves in the video games. And I talked to Leonard Miller, the Timberwolves second round pick about this out in Las Vegas a couple weeks ago. And he was talking about how he can't wait to play NBA 2K uh, 24 with and and see him himself in the game. And so um, it really, when you think about it, Jim, it's become, I think, the modern day Sports Illustrated because, you know, kids used to grow up reading the Sports Illustrated magazine seeing who was on the cover, dreaming of one day being that guy. And as we have seen, especially over the last maybe 10 years, that that medium has essentially been diminished to an incredible degree. And kids now are aspiring to be on the video game and be 99s or 98s or whatever, like like their favorite players were back in the day. And so it's just a it's a change in in what they're consuming. But I think that is the absolute good comparison is that um, the, these these video game ratings and them being in it is like the I have arrived moment, much like being on the cover of Sports Illustrated was back in the day. Yeah, that, that is right on. And again, for old people, uh, Sports, Sports Illustrated cover used to be an immense deal. It, it was I mean, the athletes themselves collected them, framed them. Uh, and, you know, now Sports Illustrated is just kind of a it's an, you know, it's a struggling online entity, basically. It's, it's everything, everything in the world's changed, which shouldn't be surprising. All right. So later in the show, either this week or next, we're going to talk about what players in Vikings history deserve a 99. Right now, Justin Jefferson has it. Hard to argue with him. We'll see who else pops onto our radar as far as deserving that. Hey, this is Viking Update Show. This is part of TalkNorth.com. He's John Krasinski from The Athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. Brandon Morton is our producer. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services, TSR Injury Law, and Star Bank. And thank you for listening. Best way to listen, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. Go to talknorth.com. Find other shows you like, including maybe the Jeff, Jeff Diamonds, Vikings, and NFL Insider. Subscribe to that as well. It'll pop in your inbox. Again, it's just the easiest way to have notification that there's a new podcast available. And again, it's all free. Everything on the site is free. 
Thanks very much. Also, uh, one more business note, Tuesday night, next Tuesday night, that would be the 25th. We'll do the uh, Chin Music Show with, with Lavelle Neal, Roy Smalley, and myself, live at O'Donovan's downtown, 530 to 630, right for a Twins game. Those are always a blast. Always get a big crowd. We will also give away uh, some cool merch. I think I have another bobblehead to give away, plus some Grain Belt stuff, and Grain Belt is sponsoring that, so thanks to them. All right, let's, let's get to uh, the Netflix series. I watched the whole thing. You've watched part of it. Uh, I wrote about it the other day. I think it's absolutely fascinating. I think it's incredibly well done. Uh, you know, I usually shy away from a lot of documentary sports documentaries and movies. I just don't think they get things right. This got everything exactly right. And I, I'm of two minds on Cousins being in it. On the one hand, I think that he did himself a lot of good by humanizing himself by continuing to appear less robotic and more earnest and driven. And you get to see how he reacts, you know, how much he cares, how much he goes through in terms of rehab to stay on the field. I think that all does him a lot of good. Uh, the only negative is he's being directly compared to Patrick Mahomes constantly. And you just see, you just see that Mahomes is a, a far better athlete, far more creative. And I, I thought, I think the, other than you know us wanting to see what Cousins is like on here, I thought the highlight of the entire series was seeing what Mahomes does to train himself to make the kinds of plays that we used to think were sheer, spontaneous genius. He trains to make the spinning underhand throw, to be able to throw against his body. He has trained his core muscles and balance and you know, everything and his, uh, his left-right balance. So he can make plays that nobody else even thinks about making. He plans to make those plays. Yeah, let's let's start there, and then we'll circle back on, on, the, on your first point of this. But this is what I really enjoyed about the show in general, is that if you're going to make a show called The Quarterback, um, I think having the juxtaposition that they do with Mahomes, Cousins, and Mariota is genius because it really sort of encapsulates the entire uh, spectrum of starting quarterbacks in the NFL. You have Mariota, who is kind of the um, the guy who hasn't put it all together, the, the, the guy who is a high prospect but has been disappointing in his career to this point and is really trying to fight to stay in the league as a starting quarterback. Then you have Cousins, who is kind of in that middle territory, a very productive, very talented guy who has had success, certainly statistically, in this league, but isn't yet um, on the top tier, maybe top three or four quarterbacks in the league, who's won at a super high level, who has gotten um, all the way to the mountaintop. And then you have the number one guy, you have Mahomes, and he is the class of the league and um, and has, you know, just has accomplished everything you could and is on his way to Canton already, no matter what happens the rest of the way. And so to be able to, like, look at the three of them and it's got a, just a great layering of all three and you can compare and contrast how each one goes about their business, what separates one from the other. And so to your point, Jim, about maybe, you know, cousins being in a documentary with quite possibly the best quarterback of all time or one of the best 
quarterbacks of all time, you can definitely see how it might make people look at it and say, oh, well, this is this is what Patrick Mahomes does to go above and beyond to get to a point where he can make those throws, where he has the confidence um, and and the instinct to be able to unleash that stuff in, in you know in the blink of an eye, and that's that's where Cousins falls short just a little bit. But for me, I take it as more of a fascination with the obsession that Mahomes brings to it. That is like even among the hyper competitive in the NFL, uncommon. And and I think then you put that right next to Cousins, who is not at that level, but close to that level. And then you have Mariota pulling up the rear and you just get the totality of the quarterback picture. And so I really enjoy it. I don't know that I would say that Cousins suffers in the in the dock for it in terms of like, oh my gosh, look at how how he doesn't measure up. But I do think that certainly Mahomes is the one who stands out as, okay, this guy is on another level. And and it really does educate and illustrate how he gets to that point. Um, while also, I think, you know, reflecting pretty well on Cousins, which is kind of leans us into the other side of the equation and talking about what it does to humanize him and show what he's gone through. Right. And, and one more point on the Mahomes Cousins, not comparison. It's not even a comparison. It's juxtaposition. Yeah. Is that, you know, Mahomes, there's just never any sense that he wasn't born to be the greatest or, you know, wasn't or hasn't developed himself, however you want to put it. Um, it's like the Super Bowl is just, uh, he, it's just a game he expects to win, you know? Yeah. Every playoff game, matchup with Burrow, everything is just, okay, I need, this is my next task. I'm going to go win this game. I'm going to figure it out. Uh, intellectually, physically, you know, leadership, everything. With Cousins, I think what's fascinating is, and this is why I think the doc is generally shows him in a good light, but not completely, is that I think you sense the nervousness from Cousins. He's mm-hmm. and and part of it is because he is driven and he is earnest and he does want to be great and he does want to be a lead. He wants he wants all the right things. You get toward the you get to that Giants week, and all of a sudden you sense some nervousness, and you sense some okay, geez, you know we could blow it all here. Oh man, the Giants! It 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 where Mahomes is like, I'm just going to kick this guy's ass. I'm going to just go d- destroy the league. Cousins is like, oh boy, I hope things go well. And it's just it wasn't the vibe I wanted to hear from a franchise quarterback playing a home game against an inferior opponent after you've won 13 games, and then culture culminates in kind of the classic cliched Cousins play, which is fourth down, long yep. way to go. I'm just going to check down to the tight end because it's a safe throw. Yeah, I think he, here's in, an, in, a, in a perfect world, in an ideal world, I think, and maybe even in Kirk Cousins' world, um, you, you, people, the, the, the general masses who are going to watch this documentary are going to watch cousins go through those um how would you describe it uh, nerve the nerves the nervous energy the you know kind of all of that stuff leading up to the giants game and they're going to look at it and they're going to say wow that's that's so uh i can identify with that like uh, he is a human being he is going through the 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 emotions of leading into a big game and 
um, and having, you know, whether it's doubts about himself or, or certainly just um, being nervous and, and wondering if the team is ready and, and, and wondering what kind of pitfalls are awaiting them in this game. And, and, and the average fan would look at that and say, man, if I put myself in his shoes, I might be going through some of those similar things. It, same if you're you have a huge presentation at work or whatever there's all there's going to be nerves and things that you go through and so maybe that allows you to identify with him in, at a level that clearly most Vikings fans have not been able to identify with Kirk Cousins in the past so you'd say hey that's pretty good but I do think that there is sort of this expectation or certainly this hope among sports fans in general that they're leaders, their quarterbacks, their number one options in basketball, their, um, you know, uh, their, their hockey goalies, all of these things, um, that are sort of these, um, impenetrable robots that are just these, you know, we, we use the term all the time, these cold blooded killers. And that's what I think you saw more of from Mahomes. And I think that for me, I look at that and I say, um, this is this is uncommon. This is rare. This is a really very difficult thing to attain. That level of confidence and that level of of intensity um, going into into a, a huge playoff game. But I think it, you're right in terms, Jim, that I think a lot of people will look at it and say, man, Kirk just doesn't have it. Like it's not quite there. He doesn't have that killer mentality. And that's probably going to be the takeaway, even though I'm looking at it and saying, man, I can see why, you know, I understand why he's, he's this way. And, and that the, the emotions that he feels and the, the human element of it is super compelling to me because you just don't get to see that. You don't get that much access to these athletes in those situations to really put a, a true picture on it. And I think Mahomes certainly rises to another level with it. And Cousins is what I think a lot of us would be in that situation. And that would help him in my eyes, but it probably hurts him in, in a lot of people's eyes as well. And that, that's the divide, right? Do you yep. want to look at the local franchise quarterback as a human being who goes through the same stuff we all go through and who plays through pain and who's incredibly dedicated and who's admirable in a lot of ways? Or do you want to say, He's signed two gargantuan contracts to elevate a franchise and he hasn't done it, you know, and, and, and I, I tend to bounce between the two, you know, I tend to bounce between, Hey, you cover these people as fully formed human beings who go through all kinds of stuff. And, uh, once you reach a certain level, certain position, certain earning capability, certain point in your career, the whole point of all this of the billion dollar franchise, the billion dollar, the, you know, the hundreds of millions of dollars that Kirk Cousins is going to make in the course of his career. The fact they signed him to come in and elevate a franchise. It is a bottom line business where if he doesn't do anything more than win one playoff game in all these years here, then this didn't work. Right. And, and here's where I do think that the documentary to me helps Kirk Cousins the most is that you really do see that, the dedication that he has to the job and the physical punishment that he takes and just goes and plays through. We, I think last year, Jim, while we were covering this team, 
I want to say that it feels like this was that that was the biggest year for him in terms of really establishing certainly in the locker room and maybe a little bit more with us who followed it uh, the toughness that he has and I do think that his overall sort of um, optics the way that he presents himself um, the way that he carries himself in press conferences and things I do think that that diminishes um, his toughness element that, you know, that you, you just don't expect a guy who talks like that, who carries himself like that, who's kind of that weird and goofy at times to be as, as, as tough as he is. And we heard it in the locker room last year a lot. Um, and then this documentary shows what he goes through and how he keeps pulling himself off the mat and getting back into the fight. And so I think from that perspective, you look at it and you say, man, this guy, if you wondered whether he was totally in it, if you wondered whether he really wanted to do this and if this was really important to him and and if um, if he was really dedicated to to being the best that he could be, uh, I think this documentary uh, definitely really puts a lot of evidence on Kirk Cousins' side that, hey, if, if he's not hitting the Mahomes ceiling, he is putting everything that he can into it to um, to get as high as he possibly can, to get the most out of his skill set, his physical and mental attributes that are possible. So I think that really helps him. But to your point, you're right. In the end, um, it's it's a bottom line business. Like Mahomes is a little goofy himself. He's, oh, he's a very little goofy. bit. He's he's different, right? Yes. But he wins at such a level that no one is going to care. They might give his wife some grief over social media posts or whatever, however she does things, but really he's bulletproof. And Kirk Cousins has not won enough to be bulletproof yet. And if he, if the Vikings win the Super Bowl next year, oh, uh, Kirk Cousins can do whatever he wants. Yep. But but if if he if he flames out, if they don't make the playoffs or they're one and done again, that's what's going to follow him. That's going to be his legacy more than you know, hey, this was actually genuinely a pretty decent guy who just um, tried really hard and just wasn't good enough. Like, that's not going to be how he's judged. It's going to be he made all this money and he couldn't get the Vikings over the hump. That's just the cold reality of this business. More to come here. I want to thank Aquarius Home Services. We are coming to the Aquarius Home Services studios. Here's more on Aquarius Home Services. Scott here for Aquarius Home Services. Fantastic news. We're having a Kinetico Midsummer Mega Sale. Ready for worry-free water, spotless dishes, and softer clothes? Ready for purified drinking water and removing contaminants like lead and those forever chemicals you hear about on the news? Now through August 12th, Aquarius is taking 25% off Kinetico whole home water treatment systems. And as your independent authorized Kinetico dealer, it all starts with a free water analysis. Schedule today at KineticoMN.com. I also want to thank longtime sponsor TSR Injury Law. They also sponsored the John Krasinski Show on this network. I highly recommend checking out the John Krasinski Show on the Timberwolves in the NBA, one of our best shows. Uh, and thanks to TSR Injury Law, uh, 612 TSR Time. That's all you really need to know. 612 TSR Time. If you are injured, call them. They will either help you or they will direct you to someone who can help you and they will not charge you unless they win your case and they win a lot of cases. That's why they're such a great success story. 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. 
Also, want to let you know that big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about Star Bank. Star Bank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at Star Bank and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be, a throwback to the good days. Mobile app, check, convenient services, you got it. Check out Star Bank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with a local community bank that cares. Starbank.net, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Um, so we'll leave the Netflix thing, thing there for a little bit. We might come back to it at some point because it was so fascinating. Uh, but for today, let's, uh, let's look at the fact that Justin Jefferson just got a 99 in a Madden game and I'm me, the old guy is going to talk about it, but let's, let's spin it. Uh, I've been covering the Vikings since 1990. You've been around them your whole life. What other Vikings in history jump out at you as people who could, earn the ultimate 99 in a Madden game. Yeah. I mean, you think like that we've talked about this a little bit before for a, for a franchise that has never won a Super Bowl, uh, They have an incredibly, the Vikings have an incredibly rich history with absolutely elite players uh, that have, you know, hall of famers among the very best at their position. So I think they have quite a few, guys who definitely are in the 99 98 categories and i mean you start off i think uh alan page is a 99 uh one of the very best defensive players of all time former nfl mvp like hall of famer um you know the the linchpin of the purple people eaters uh that's where i would start uh my 99s for vikings is uh number 88 and putting him uh right up there uh, I agree with you. I think that, and listen to all the Purple People, it is were great and probably all deserving of Hall of Fame inductions, but Page was the exceptional among the exceptional. Uh, you just don't win MVP as a defensive tackle and do what he did unless you're, you're, you're that, you're a 99-type player. So I certainly think he is in. Uh, for me, I'm going to mention, I think, a player who is highly rated and yet underrated because of the nature of the position he played. I think Randall McDaniel was as good mm -hmm. a football player as I've ever watched. I've ever been around. Uh, he's He came the closest to anybody I've ever seen to going undefeated on a football field in terms of just crushing people, uh, executing every assignment, being able to take on any assignment. Uh, I think he could have played tight end, fullback, defensive line, linebacker in this league and done incredibly well. One of the best athletes I've ever got. Um, and even though he wasn't particularly talkative during his playing days, uh, we know enough about him to know he's also a great human being. So you can even give him a bonus point there if you want to. I think Randall McDaniel is right up there. Yeah, great, great choice. Um, maybe one that's a slightly under the radar that a lot of people wouldn't say, um, but absolutely, I think belongs as you know one of the best at his position to ever do it. Here's a question, Jim. Like, I think a million people who are listening to this will say Randy Moss, um, and I, I think may I think there's a good argument for it but there were some fluctuations in his career that um that have that that could lead you to say maybe he was a 99 in some years um but the way that his career ended and certainly some of the messiness with the Raiders year and 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 others might lend you to say not quite 99 um on that level yet yeah, he's a fascinating case. Uh, talent, 
Yes. Impact on the league. Yes. Um, And where you can make an argument for him is he changed the way NFL defenses operated. Uh, He basically forced people to to create the cover two uh, defense. And, and when he got a chance to play with a great quarterback in his prime on a great team, he went bonkers. Yeah. He went absolutely bonkers. So I don't know if it's 99 or not, but man, I'm he's probably giving it he's, to him on, on, on the, on just if you, the, the totality of his career. Um, I might I think, I think so. I will. If we're I saying, so. if, if we say like, you know, that he's the, the, if we want to even say he's the second best receiver ever, the third best, one of the top three to ever do it. Um, that seems to be like 99 material. What now that I think about it. I think so. And I think, uh, especially if you're talking about a video game and what somebody's capable of doing, yeah. I yeah. think he's there. Uh, yeah. and, and listen, I, I wrote extensively about all his flaws and missteps and mistakes mm-hmm. and personality flaws, everything else. But still, I mean, that doesn't mean I don't think he belongs in the hall of fame. He does. And it doesn't mean I wouldn't give him a 99 in this, in this silly exercise we're doing. And, and I love that we're just we're really diving into it because this is very important. As we have seen, the athletes respond to this. Certainly kids respond to it. My son is just starting to get into the the the, the um, sports games. He plays a little more role-playing games and stuff right now, but he's starting to play sports games. And that is how he, when he looks at the ratings of players, that's how he decides if, you know, who's the best. Um, so... Uh, you know, my 10 year old, soon to be 11 year old son will look at if he gets the Madden game and it's and Justin Jefferson's a 99. That's validation for him. And if, you know, you can play with the old players back then. And so if Moss is a 99, it's like, oh, really? OK, Randy Moss really was that good. That's that's the historical canon that kids are operating with nowadays. So we need to give it the same amount of consideration as well. Um, so I don't Chris Carter is probably. The other one that 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 immediately jumps into my mind is as possible ninety nine territory. I, I I don't know if he's quite there, but um, are there any other names that that jump that that you're thinking about? Um, yeah, Carter. I mean, Carter obviously very deserving of being in the Hall of Fame. Is he a ninety nine? Probably not, right? I guess. And here's the way I look at it because we're talking about in terms of rating, like Hall of Fame resume is a different thing than what mm-hmm. rating you would give them in this exercise, and. Carter, like Randy Moss at his best, was the best receiver in the league and maybe the best receiver, one of the best receivers of all time. Carter was phenomenal, of course, but I don't know that you ever looked at him and said, he's the best receiver in the league right now. He had 99 he, hands, we can he, say that. Yeah, 99 hands, 99 route, 99 competitiveness, 99 toughness, but I don't know that he was ever the guy you would say in any given year, this is the best receiver in the league. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what you look at a 99 as. So he's probably not quite there for me. How about this one, John Randall? Yeah, I think that's close as well. Um, when you look at, I'm trying to think, you, I, I think it's important that distinction that you just made about was this guy ever the very best at, at, at you know, in the business at what he does? And um, I think there's maybe a slight argument right now with Jefferson and Jamar Chase and, you know, se- several others in, in terms of who is the top dog, but he's certainly like very much in that conversation. And I think that John Randall for a long time uh, was either at the front of that line or as, you know, I, I kind of 
one of my old coaches said, if he's not driving the bus, he's certainly sitting right at the front of it. And so, um, so I think he's close as well. I wonder, see, cause when I think of, when I, when I think of 99 defensive linemen, I think of probably Aaron Donald has to be a 99, right? Yep. Like, um, I think of completely overpowering and overwhelming. So I think of Alan page, I think of, uh, Reggie white, I think of, you know, just the very cream of the crop and w- Randall, I, I, he's right there. I'm not sure, but I think he's very close and being in to being in that conversation and certainly deserving of mention. I'm just not sure if he's, if he's all the way fully, you know, 99 material. And I, I lean towards saying yes, Mm -hmm. because to me, the hardest thing to find in the NFL, other than the great quarterbacks, the truly great quarterbacks is a defensive tackle who can do it all who can pressure the passer from mm-hmm. the interior to be able to, I mean, when you can pressure the passer and get sacks from the interior line while also taking on double teams and stuffing the run, that's the hardest and most valuable thing you can do. Is Everybody wants the great edge rusher, of course, but you can kind of manage an edge rusher. You can chip them, you can double them, you can roll the pocket away from them, you can step up, uh, you know, the interior pressure is the hardest thing to deal with in the NFL. And I thought John Randall was the best at that. So I would lean toward giving him a 99. Um, and I know also know that he won't sleep if, if I don't, and I don't want to hurt his feelings. And he also like, he, he also had the versatility. He played defensive end sometimes too. He, 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 he could play anywhere. around. Yep. Yeah. You can move him around. And so like you, some of these are interesting because, um, you know, Randall was sort of at the front end his career was at the front end sort of of the Madden boom mm-hmm. um, where it really started to turn into a, a major, major um, thing. And, and so you can look at some of these guys and look at the, what their ratings were in these games and, and, and kind of use that to your advantage. Now I do think that Randall was, he, he was a little too old to like really be fully appreciated and, I think that the rating system changes and evolves over time. So, so it's, it's different now than it was in the earlier years, but like, that's why I wouldn't, you know, certainly put Adrian Peterson in that, in this category yet. I wouldn't have that discussion with him as a 99 given limitations as a receiver, um, the fumbling, some of those other things. Uh, but also that we saw him in Madden video games and I don't think he was ever a 99. He may have been a 91, 92, 93 but certainly not um up at at 99 because of some of those limitations so some of these guys and going forward you know as we look at whoever jordan addison as we look at kirk cousins as you look at like these guys are being rated in real time and we and 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 it's a little bit easier to have that discussion but it's fun to kind of project some of the older guys and seeing what they would come up with no doubt and we're leaving out all kinds of great vikings that probably just were 95s or 96s right. or 97s, but it, we we're talking about the true 99s, and that's a very rare category. All right, all right, next week we will talk a little more about where Jefferson and Hunter are in their contract negotiations. Uh, we'll talk about running backs. Should they be paid more? Should they be treated better in this league? We'll check in on Dalvin Cook, get into some other pre-camp stuff for today. Thanks to John. Thanks to Brandon. Thank you for listening. From the Aquarius Home Services Studios, this is the Viking Update Show.